My name's Brandon Isle. I'm on Zoom with Richard Williams. He's a composer, and he has a new Christmas album out right now. It's called Hollywood Christmas. Richard, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. This is such a fun album to listen to, kind of a jazz swing style, and you've got so many people on here, different singers and instruments. Uh, tell me kind of what's behind this album. Uh, why, why did you decide to make this? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, as a composer, you're always trying to promote yourself. And so this was the pr kind of a project that I wish I could create because you can't always pick your projects that you get to work on. That makes sense. And so I wanted to show like, this is what I want to create. And let me show the world that I can do it kind of a thing. So Christmas is like one of those genres that that uh, most people enjoy, you know, so it's it's one that I don't have to say, hey, look at this other genre that most people don't, you know, it's a hit and miss, but Christmas is like everyone's kind of appreciative of that genre. So, and I like Christmas. So, yeah, I was talking to a student the other day and they're like, why wouldn't you make a Christmas album? Like people get those out every year and they play them. So even if they don't know right. your regular music, they're going to play your Christmas music. Yeah. It's relevant every year. Yeah. So this, yeah. it takes time to compose something like this. Uh, how long have you been working on this? About two years. It's been a long two years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what kind of goes into creating these songs? Because these are mostly classics. People know these songs, but you've put your own uh, orchestration and um, it, it just sounds different. Yeah, I, I wanted to create, I, I put together a list, my own list of features, I guess, or traits that I've heard from other songs that I like that are impressive. So for example, like you got screaming trumpets sometimes or you have some rock and drums or you have the culmination. So, so my guide was like the old school Frank Sinatra, but also new school like Mike Buble and also the Carpenters. I really like their Carpenters album and the Carpenters album uh, goes in and out between songs and it goes in and out between different instruments and groups of instruments. You have the orchestra and then you have the choirs and then you have jazzy stuff and it just interweaves completely. And my, one of my goals was to be able to do something like that is be able to bring in all the different facets of different groups. And like, cause like, instead of just like, this is a jazz album, it doesn't feel like this is just a jazz album or this is just an orchestra album, or this is just a choral album, but it brings them all together. I wanted to, to do that. So, so in the beginning stages, yeah, I, I put together my list of things that I was looking for. And then I just planned out, you know, what would be the most impressive, I guess you say songs or the most well-loved and what genres, like what mediums could be used. Like, so um, have yourself a Merry Christmas, I believe. Um, uh, use the orchestra. And I was like, I was going for a beautiful orchestra, but then other ones I'm going for a real fun sound. And even like White Christmas was kind of a blend of both where it starts out with a beautiful um, magic light orchestral sound, but then it goes into the big band later on. Yeah. Yeah, they're so fun. And I, I like how you have the tracks with vocals, but then you also have the instrumentals. So you can have the instrumental is, is great to listen to. So you can take out those vocals sometimes and, and just listen to that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Some people were confused um, when I when I suggested it, but I, I I definitely think it's the right move to do it to make. Yeah. And to help this project, you did a Kickstarter and raised more than twenty thousand uh, dollars. Uh -huh. What is that like to to put yourself out on the line like that? Say, I have this idea, and people actually help you accomplish it. Yeah, it's. I'm very appreciative for all the people that have contributed. Um, 
I, I was surprised there were some people that came out of the woodworks that I didn't even ever think they would. Um, and I really appreciate that. And, but, you know, being a composer and all this, it, that's what it is. You're always putting yourself out on the line and you don't know how much you're going to raise. You don't know how good, you, like, like the whole process is kind of a question mark until you do it. I mean, even on the composing side, um, I was pretty, had a pretty good idea about some things, but it's only until you do it, then ideas come and, and like at the recording session, which has happened multiple times. I've, I've, I've been worried about the orchestration or how I've done it, but then I get there and I do it. And I'm like, Paul, this is, it wasn't anything to worry about. You know, it was more than fine. <laughs> so, and you did recording sessions in a couple of different places. Can you tell me about kind of what that was like and, and where you were able to go? Yeah. First we went to Capo studios, um, which is like the premier basically rec- the, uh, studio for this kind of stuff in Hollywood. And we recorded with some of the top, literally the top jazz band players in the world. And I specifically uh, I purposely did that, you know, um, to get legitimacy and everything with everything else. And they did a phenomenal job. We recorded about two thirds of the album because a third is with the band, a third is with the orchestra, and a third is together. So we did nine songs in three hours. Uh, Steve Jenowick, who was the sound engineer, he told me that we were blazing speed. So we went real fast, but they are some of the best cybers in the world. So. We made it work, um, and it was it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I really loved play, having them, and I definitely like for, like I said, I had screaming trumpets in some parts, so I had Wayne Bergeron play that, and I you know I did that on purpose because he's like one of the best in the world at that, and that's why I'm using him. You know, yeah, and it sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, and and doing it at a place like that is, you know, I could record, I could take the same composition and record it in, in Utah or other places. But I feel like the familiarity with the studio, you know, when you hear the top albums and the players, just small differences that make it sound like, wow, this is like top level. There's no, there's no, um, there's nothing to complain about, if that makes sense. You know, like, oh, it, it sounds good, but, you know, someone might say, but it's not, you know, the top level. But when you record at the top level, nobody could say, say that anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. You're, so, you're then, legit. Yeah. And then we, and then we went, uh, few weeks later, I think two weeks later, I went to Budapest, flew to Budapest, Hungary, and recorded the strings. And that was fantastic as well. So most of the time, composers, a lot of times they record just MIDI instruments on the computer, which are computerized recordings of strings and such. And they sound pretty good, but some things are really hard to get across, like expression and stuff. Short notes, long notes are pretty easy to, to get down. But And so having them play with the expression, just it all comes together. It sounds so much better. It's very clear. It's very emotional you know, to have those 30 odd players playing. Um, so I conducted that and uh, had a great experience. And then I came home and then we recorded the woodwinds remotely from the same spot afterwards. Cool. And then where were the vocals recorded? Uh, at mostly June Audio and Provo. The, you mean the background vocals? Or? Yeah, you, so you have background and then you have the, main the, vocalist, yeah. the main vocalist. Were they with, oh. with you in Capitol? Uh, two of them were, and then um, a lot of them were at June Audio, and then some of them were just remotely at their own place. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the vocalists, because you have so many on this album. Uh, were these people you know already and have worked with, or how did that work out? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about half of them I, I've known from BYU, basically. Um, Alex, who did the most wonderful time of the year, we just we did a few gigs, maybe just one gig at BYU, like 10 plus 10 years ago. Yvonne's a, fr- a good friend of my wife, uh, Taylor, she's in my band from Tren, um, from BYU. 
So half of them are. Uh, one of them, Dmitry Nuskov, he's actually from Russia. I, I contacted him over a year ago. He did a fabulous job. Benny Benak, um, if you know much about jazz, he's like he's like a huge, huge name in New York. Uh, so I contacted him and, and he agreed to do with it do it. So about yeah, about half the people I already I already knew. And and I just like took a mental note, you know, of if I could ever work with them someday. And, and then this when this idea came up, I was like, this is perfect. And I was just trying to match who would sound best on what song, you know, that makes sense because that's important. And and this is the nice thing about doing it with like a plethora of singers is because most of the time you have one singer and they're doing all this for a wide variety of stuff. But this allowed me to take all kinds of different styles of singers and and make songs that, that fit with them, if that makes sense. Because I think that, you know, it's just how it is where every singer is not good at every style and in every range, but some singers just really uh, thrive and they do really well at certain styles, whether that's playful or whether that's serious or whatever it is. So having a lot of different singers and having the variety, you know, I think was very much, very much a plus. Yeah. It's, it's fun as you go through the tracks and listen to them that you do get those different voices and uh, just every song is just a treat as you go to it. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a playlist. Yeah, yeah, you you curated a great playlist for us. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's more than curating because you're composing it and you're you're bringing these people together. So you're also a producer, right? Uh, yeah. What? Tell me about your process. So I I think you're talking to me from your studio. Is yeah. is yeah. that where you composed everything and and how does yeah. that kind of happen? Um, well, yeah, so I just, I came up with the idea. I just said, this, this, this is the kind of project that I think would show the most value. And I, I wanted to get the music videos up as well, because that is just as important. Um, so I came up with the idea. Actually, if I go back a little bit, in 2017, I went to Chris Walden's masterclass at Capitol Studios. I didn't know him or Capitol Studios in all the history until I went there. Then I went there, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I felt like, you know, I could do I, a lot of us can do more of this kind of stuff, but we just don't have the resources, the funds, the, the opportunities. So after they recorded one of my songs, it's like an incredible themed piece and, and they did a phenomenal job. And after I was leaving, I was like, I just, I gotta come back. I gotta do more of this. I can't just have this one song, which is fantastic, be a one-off. And so I, I just, I was like, I gotta do something. And then later on, I was like, oh, a Christmas album would prove it, if that makes sense. You know, it's like a whole album, not just one song, but incorporating the band and the orchestra and, and, uh, you know, he showed he's, he's a top arranger in Hollywood and he showed a lot of things that he's arranged for, like Mike Bublé and Josh Groban, and he would use the strings and stuff. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. I want to do some of that stuff. And so that's how it kind of came to be. Um, so then, uh, like I said, I, I, I have a Google sheet, a Google Doc, where I wrote down all the like the things that I want to include in there, all the ticks, tricks, tips and tricks and and strategies and and chords and you know, what would be fun, what would be good to be included. And then I, I made a list of probably 30 songs or something that are Christmas oriented, thought about all the great arrangements that I've heard about, and then just started whittling it down to my top ones. And then I, you know, same thing that I got the singers. Um, but yeah, I had to do all, all of the budgeting and contacting people and contacting the contractors. And that was the whole process. Then I edited it after it was recorded. I edited it all. Um, that took a long time. Like this, every single stage, I had to notate all the music. Had to, everything took a long time to get up, give it to Mixer. I've been doing a bunch of marketing stuff. I've been figuring out royalties. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. 
right, the royalties itself. I mean, just those those songs. We love them, but you can't just use them without <laughs> without the royalties. Right. Yeah. Tell me about the creation of the cover art. So uh, let me just describe it. It shows you, yeah. you're holding, I'm guessing, your son. Yes. Yeah, maybe about two years old. Yep. yep. Yeah, and he's reaching out to a Christmas tree. And so this is the thing we're seeing. And then it says Hollywood Christmas. Uh, so tell me how this kind of came about and why you chose this for the cover. Yeah, yeah, great question. So the words Hollywood Christmas to me, I was trying to denote like, mainstream Hollywood classic, but also homey Christmas as well. And we were having a hard time combining Christmassy commercial Christmas. I was thinking like gold and, and like, you know, the Academy Awards or something, and, but then like a home scene. And I was just like, I don't know how to fuse those two, whether, whether it's the fun or whatever. But my wife came up with an idea. She's like, well, what if like you had like, you know, our son and he could be hold, looking in amazement and wonder at the Christmas tree and then and i was like yeah okay let's try so we had i had a a photographer named jacob bowden who came who i knew and we just set it up we set up a christmas tree in our house he took the pictures and we kind of gave him some idea what we're going for and you know what the background should be and it should be washed out we're thinking like a washed out background and he did a great job um and he got he got his you know his facial gesture whatever right and then i tried to use my photoshop skills and and try to make it but it was just it wasn't working really well and so i was just looking online and and you know this there's ai art that's going into effect and that's really popular right now with mid journey and i just saw twice this guy who posted his own art with with ai and i think he's photoshop as well and it looked just very clean nice nice graphic artist so i contacted him and see if he could just help me like just help me with the the lettering because i struggle with that and he did that plus he did like the coloring and he did the whitewashing so much better. Um, so he really, really helped finish it basically to what it what it is now. So I, I'm super in gratitude for his work. Yeah, and it just looks great. And why not put your son on there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it worked. <laughs> you released the album in October. Uh, what kind of feedback are you getting about it from not, not just friends and family? Their feedback is great, but people who don't know you. Yeah, um, just it's very, very positive, like overwhelmingly positive. People have just been blown away, I would say, um, at just how good it is and how, like, you name it. Uh, people have been telling me how much they have been surprised and they've, they've listened to it multiple times or, like, my sister posted and then, so people I don't know, and then they'll be saying, wow, this is really good. And, and Taylor Miranda, who's singing on the album, posted and all these people are like, wow, you sound so good. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very validating. Yeah. And that, that's what I was going for. You know, I'm going for like super impressive. This is another, this is another idea is that there aren't, I, I did have a couple relaxing songs intentionally made because relaxing is, is a great, you know, thing to have. And like, like Michael Boulay has a couple of relaxing songs that are, that are perfect. But I thought to myself, if I can't necessarily do that on my first album, because if I, who am technically a no name, just make a nice relaxing album, it won't like stand out. So, so this album is leaning more towards exciting and in your face and like trying to make a statement. If I had maybe like another album to do, I could maybe do more that are just relaxing, just to be relaxing. But uh, if you notice, like even like the beautiful ones, they kind of like they're more they're more than static. And a lot of times, songs are, are a little more static, which is fine. But the whole point of every song that I made was so that I could share it with people and say like 
like this is to get your attention. This is to, this is to either bring out some beauty or to make it really exciting, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's And that's that's the hard part about deciding. You said you wrote down like 30 songs. They're, they're not 30 different Christmas songs on here, but you have to whittle those down and then make each of them do something for us, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite track on there? I I I I have a lot of favorites and then for different reasons. So I don't think I could say number one, but I've said one of them is Rocking Around the Christmas Tree because it's just Taylor did a great job singing it um, and the arrangement of everything. And, you know, after you record it, then you have to edit it and then you have to mix it. And in any part of that stage, like you might go back and you're like, wow, like, I thought it was clear, but but the recording, uh, they didn't play as clean as you wanted, or maybe someone was a little out of tune, or they didn't play with as much gusto at that part because we were short on time, understandably. Or that might be fine, but then you hand it off to the mixer, and, and the mixer might have his own opinions, and he might turn things down and not bring up things or allow you to hear all the things that you put into it there in the first place. So at any stage, things can get really changed from the original idea. Um, but the mixer, Mike Bosco did a fantastic job and, and I felt like all the way th- by the end of it, like there was a lot of like, like the solo of the sax solo. And then I wanted to put in some guitar at the end, uh, of that sax solo. And we just got the balance right. And I was very excited that all these things were moving in the right direction of like bringing all that energy, you know, you know, I mean, there's so many things to balance. There's the drums, there's the, the bass, there's so many things that are, have to be balanced correctly. And I, and I, I've gotten goosebumps many times listening to it. I really like that song. Well, that and that's the fun thing is, really, you can just listen to this album over and over again. It's it's so fun. Um, best place to listen probably what Spotify, all Apple Music, all the the normal streamers. Yeah, it's basically available everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music. Um, it's also available on CD on Amazon. Uh, right now they're out of stock, but I sent them a bunch more, so they should be getting it back on stock. Uh, if you like. You know, a lot of people like it on CD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should be available everywhere. Also, uh, richardmusic.com is my website. And I, I should have a tab there that that should have whatever the up, latest update link is to get them all eventually. Yeah. Well, Richard, it's just fun to talk to you and, and fun to listen to your music. Thank you so much for joining yeah. me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.